Good morning and welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous AA Meeting on Air. My name is Rachel and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Hi Rachel. Rachel. We'll start our meeting with the serenity prayer. God, God grant, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. The preamble of Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. Welcome to our meeting this morning. We have members of our fellowship in and they'll be sharing their experience, strength and hope about their journey in recovery from alcoholism. And to start the sharing off, we have Dougie. Hi, I'm Dougie. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Hi Dougie. Dougie. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah, it's really good to be here this morning. Uh, lovely sunny day in Auckland. And uh, great to be uh, able to share my experience, strength and hope with uh, the wider community, whoever's listening in. Yeah, uh, a bit about myself. I'm now six years sober on my journey, but uh, it was... Uh, a long journey to get to that position of sobriety. So I'll, I'll give you some of my background. Much of it might seem familiar to many of you listening in. I was uh, nothing special, uh, just common garden variety alcoholic as I uh, eventually accepted an AA, having thought I was uh, something special and different. But I was a drinker all my life, started in uh, my teenage years. Uh, I actually came from a non-drinking family, so... Uh, Perhaps that's when I started thinking I was special. I was breaking out of the family mould, the family tradition. Or at least that's what I thought. It was only in my sobriety, uh, after 40 years of drinking, only in my sobriety that uh, I discovered my grandfather was an alcoholic, which is why my mother was so vehemently against alcohol. Uh, a couple of her brothers were also alcoholics and... Uh, yeah, it turns out it's a family uh, issue. Uh, not a good tradition to follow in, but it was there. But uh, whilst many of those years I thought alcohol was fun and enjoyable, I can now look back at that and uh, have some fairly profound insights as to uh, the nature of my drinking, why I drank and what caused me to continue for such a long time. Uh, in amongst which was uh, I thought I was enjoying it and I would argue I probably was in the better days but it certainly didn't end up being enjoyable quite the opposite but fundamentally it was a coping mechanism life seemed easier less stressful, less worrisome uh, after a few drinks again on reflection I, I can see that it only really took me a couple of drinks, maybe three to get into that zone that sweet spot where I uh, just felt life was a bit more comfortable, a bit easier to deal with. However as an alcoholic having, uh, whether it's genetic or psychological isn't really the point, as an alcoholic I never stopped after two or three drinks, in fact that was just the uh, igniting the fuse and I would then continue to drink and that was the pattern throughout my life. I've never had one or two drinks, wouldn't know how to. It was always full on. 
intentional or otherwise and mostly it was intentional and uh, I was maybe lucky with some uh, fairly robust genes that I could drink a lot and I used to pride myself in the fact that I could out drink uh, even the big boys at the rugby club um, having no idea the damage I was actually doing to myself because as a young man, as a student, whatever uh, you have a a better uh, ability to recover and survive but even in those early days I, I would drink and get drunk four or five nights a week particularly on weekends it was just non-stop oblivion and therefore uh, drinking was just an integral part of my life it wasn't something I uh, specifically saved up for or looked forward to it was just there on a daily basis and uh, it was in the years where uh, in Scotland, just ahead of England, the pub started to open all day, so there was no excuse to stop. Go for a pint at lunchtime, and the next thing you knew, it was breakfast. Um, and it just seemed extremely normal, and that then influenced how I uh, treated my work. I uh, went into work situations where drinking was uh, easy access, and... Uh, I'll skip out the next couple of decades because it was the same pattern. I, you know, got married, had kids, did all the supposedly normal things, but drink hall was featured. But in the last number of years, it had gone from being what I thought was optional, and it probably wasn't, uh, the, the, the choice to drink. Um, I now question that, whether I could have stopped without proper support and assistance. But in the last number of years, my drinking was out of necessity. I became a breakfast drinker because I couldn't function without alcohol in my system. It was just that simple. And of course, having a glass or two of wine to start the day just set me up to continue throughout the day. And, and I didn't drink to get drunk. I would claim I rarely was drunk, although I think it was just permanently drunk. I just kept topping up every hour and a half, every couple of hours. I'd have another glass of wine and... You know, by the time the end of the working day would come, maybe at six o'clock, I'd probably had at least a bottle of wine and then another one or two in the evening. And without even trying, I was drinking three bottles of wine a day. Uh, if I tried, then, uh, yeah, th there was no real limit to that. But those were those are very desperate and toxic days. And uh, the drink had got me so intensely that, it was just permanently in my system and I ended up uh, being arrested and uh, ended up in the alcohol and drug court for multiple drink driving offences uh, just to give you an indication of how bad my drinking was I had um, three offences in ten months on each occasion I was nearly five times over the limit as it was back then which is higher than it was now so nothing to be proud of um Three and ten months might sound like uh, quite a lot. If I add to that the fact that during that ten months I was six months sober, uh, my strike rate for drink driving was just off the radar. And the truth of the matter was, I was never sober. And again, on reflection, once I got uh, sober, the, the mystification I had as to why I was so high on my breathalyzer tests became easy to, to realise. It wasn't because I'd drunk so much that day, it's because I probably woke up two or three times over the limit and had just topped up to four or five times over. 
And in that condition of being permanently over the driving limit and therefore permanently intoxicated, that became normal. I did not know what it was to be sober in that last uh, two to three year period. And strange as it might seem, the uh, third of those drink driving offences, which is the one that got me into the alcohol and drug court because they had determined that I was a serious enough case and such a big risk to society that um, I actually needed treatment to get well. Best thing that's ever happened to me. I doubt you hear many people saying being nicked and the threat of going to jail and being in the legal system was a good thing, but I was ready. I kind of knew I was ready. That six months of sobriety during those ten months... um, I'd certainly learned that I could be sober. However, and, and, and I would like to highlight this to people out there, there's a difference between stopping drinking and staying stopped. And after six months of sobriety, I uh, thought I was okay to drink. I had uh, a planned one glass of wine and was off my face for ten weeks. I cannot drink safely. I now know that. And uh, on a daily basis, I remind myself that um, one drinks too much for me. And I now live my life without the fears and insecurities that uh, once drove me to drink. And that's entirely down to uh, focusing on my recovery, being a regular participant in AA, doing the recommended things in the 12 steps keeping engaged with good people who have similar challenges and similar solutions and who live a good life. Um, I don't miss my old life and in many ways I live exactly my own old life in terms of what I do. I just don't drink. And uh, yeah, I certainly proved to myself that one of my fears that life in sobriety would be tedious and boring is not the case. Um, It's as much fun as it ever was and uh, I now remember it and don't offend as many people as I used to. That's my story. I hope it works well for you. Thanks. Thanks, Dougie. You're with Alcoholics Anonymous on 104.6 Planet FM. We have members of our fellowship in this morning and they're sharing their experience, strength and hope about their journey of recovery from alcoholism. And the next person to share is Christy. Hi, I'm Christy. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Christy. Uh, It's a real privilege to be here this morning and to um, share my experience, strength and hope um, with everyone out there. Um, Yeah, it's really good to be here. Um, So my journey and my story um, of sobriety is that I got clean in my early 20s and um, I'm in my 40s now and um, I'm not really sure where that time's gone, but um, I'll fill you in a little bit about how how that went for me. Yeah, I I would describe my drinking as I would have been a binge drinker. Um, I found that I grew up in a family um, on the North Shore and um, I was adopted out at birth and I found that, you know, know, I I feel like I struggled, I guess, um, and I always felt different as a person. And um, I think, you know, when I found alcohol, um, it kind of, it it gave me a sense of... um, I don't know, one ship or, um, I don't know, I guess, you know, for me when I started drinking, um, it just gave me that um, something, you know, and I, if I look back at my life and in my drinking, 
you know, I I guess I've always medicated myself. And when I first got sober, I realised that, um, you know, I'd always use lollies and, and other things to make me feel good. And so, and I smoked and I did all that stuff. But when I found drink, it kind of became... Um, I don't know, like my best friend. And, um, you know, so I had a relatively short drinking career. I drank for 10 years and, um, you know, and through that I worked and, you know, I was out there um, living my life and and all that kind of thing. But um, in the end of my drinking, you know, I realised that it wasn't fun anymore. And, um, you know, it, I guess, you know, we, we come to a part in our lives where we realise that life isn't good. And um, I definitely got to that point in my, in my life and um yeah so I started going to AA meetings and then ended up in treatment and um you know I'm glad that I did that um yeah so um yeah like kind of making that um you know my priority I guess like to be clean was really important for me um you know, because I, d- I did anything in my drinking. And so when I first got sober after I um, attended AA and then went to treatment, um, you know, I guess I was re- like, if you had told me to go and stand on my head, you know, in the corner of the room, I, I would have done that to stay sober. And, um, you know, I was so desperate when I got here, you know, that when I came to meetings and I heard them sharing about, um, you know, doing the suggested things and things like that, you know, it was really important for me to, you know, to, to follow that. And one of the, um, you know, the things that I really heard in Alcoholics Anonymous was, you know, if you want what we have, you have to do what we do. And um, and and for me, you know, it was kind of a turning point, I guess, in my sobriety that, you know, that if I wanted to get well and remain sober is that I actually would have to do some things, you know, and they're called suggested things for a reason. And, um, you know, so I got a sponsor and having a sponsor is one of the most invaluable tools of the program. You know, so a sponsor is kind of like a guide, someone who guides you through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I did a meeting a day for the first two and a half years of my recovery. Um, You know, I just did heaps of meetings. I got involved. I started doing service. Um, You know, I was really passionate about my recovery and um, and I still am today. yeah, so just like carried on doing that stuff. So I didn't work for about a year of my sobriety just so I could put my recovery first, um, which was like suggested. And they used to say, you know, if you like whatever you put in front of your sobriety, you'll you'll lose if you don't, you know, take this seriously. And um, yeah, so I was willing to do that, um, you know. And they talk about being open, honest, and willing, and you know, as spiritual principles of the program. So I did that, you know, and the benefits of doing that stuff was, you know, amazing. And um, yeah, so carried on with that. I started getting back into work, which was fantastic, you know, but I still had my sobriety and I still, you know, was doing heaps of meetings and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and as I've kind of stayed clean over the years, you know, I've I've stayed really connected to Alcoholics Anonymous. Like, you know, I've travelled and I've done meetings all round. Um, you know, I went to the Bali Convention recently with a bunch of ten girls. You know, we're just, you know, we are just so lucky that we can take Alcoholics Anonymous and go anywhere in the world and um, and have this opportunity. Um, yeah, so I feel really, really fortunate. Um, you know, I've had a daughter in sobriety. I've had a career. You know, I've bought a house. You know, I've done things, you know, in my journey that I wouldn't have been able to do if I hadn't have been clean, you know, um, and been in sobriety. Um, yeah, always had a sponsor. You know, I've worked through the steps several times with um, with a sponsor, which is really important. Um, 
you know, I've given up smoking, I've given up other drugs that I've used, I've been completely abstinence from everything. And, um, you know, and it hasn't been easy. You know, I think if it had been easy, I wouldn't have done it. Um, you know, I was a person growing up um, where I would give lots of things a go, but um, I never finished anything. So in sobriety, um, you know, I've actually finished stuff. And, you know, the length of time I have in recovery and sobriety now, you know, is pretty much, you know, it's all, I, I give it credit to my higher power and to the program, you know, because it's something that I've I've done, um, you know, for the longest period of time in my life. Um, yeah, so, you know, look, I'm I'm really grateful to be here today. Um, you know, it, it isn't easy, but, you know, it's, it's definitely um, worthwhile and, you um, you know, I've got great friends in this program. You know, I believe in connection, and um, you know, I've I've been around for a few years now, and have lots of different AA friends in different towns and cities and countries, um, and feel really blessed that it doesn't matter where I go. You know, that there's a meeting. Um, you know, it's just such a good life. And I guess now that I'm clean and I'm I'm sober, I have choices. And you know, when I was drinking, I didn't have a lot of choice. You know, my life became quite narrow. Um, you know, and people didn't want to know me. I didn't know what was going to happen next. And my drinking was quite unpredictable. You know, where now, you know, my life is very simple. Um, I have good people in it. Um, you know, I have a good job. Um, you know, again, I have a daughter that's never seen me use or drink, which is a blessing. You know, we, we talk openly about our feelings and our emotions, you know, which is something that I never had growing up. Um, so it's a blessing. You know, I feel really lucky um, to be part of um, Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, I get involved with AA because I feel supported and it's nice to give back. So when I'm feeling... Um, you know, like sometimes, you know, I may not feel like sharing or doing stuff, but I do it because I've, I get the benefit of one helping myself, but helping other people. Um, you know, and in my, in my um, drinking, I was quite a selfish person and only really did what I wanted to do for me. You know, but today it is nice to give back and actually feel the benefit of, um, of giving to, to other people without the need of anything in return. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, it's been really nice to be here today and I um, hope you've picked something up and thanks very much. Thanks, Crispy. You're with Alcoholics Anonymous on 104.6 Planet FM. We have members of our fellowship in this morning and they're sharing their experience, strength and hope about their journey of recovery from alcoholism. And the last person we have to share this morning is Shane. Hi, I'm Shane and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Hi Shane. Um, thanks for all, everyone being with me here this morning. Uh, I've done, done this a few times but I still get the nerves around what I'm going to say um, even though a lot of it's just, um, you know, just, just my life thus far. Um, so just a little bit about my drinking. I, I started, I think, at popular age is 14, and that's, that's when I started. And, uh, I, yeah, it just, it just changed my life. I, I mean, it was a mess, uh, on that first day. Um, you know, it was, we, we'd broken something. We'd, we'd been, we'd been, um, we'd been told not to do it again, and, and we promised that we wouldn't. And, um, but that, that promise was broken, uh, in the following weekend. And we just repeated that, you know, over and over and over again. And, um, yeah, it didn't seem to be doing much harm. I mean, we'd break things, but we'd, we'd get away with it. And, um, and then, um, yeah, that was, that, that carried on, that cycle carried on, you know, into my, into my twenties. 
and um, not you know relationships would break up and you know cars would get smashed. Dougie talked about you know DICs and um, but I just thought that was sort of a, a natural transition through life and you know I didn't didn't see that the drinking was was you know was playing a major factor in that. It was there when the when it was there for the good times. It was there for the bad times and uh yeah so you know i i didn't really see a problem i, I and um going into my 30s things kind of got a little bit you know there'd be more the 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 vehicle smashes incidents with police themselves um yeah losing losing cars losing relationships losing jobs uh losing touch with your friends and your family um and I, you know, I can really, I can still remember the day, you know, that I was, I was with a girl, um, for, and been with her for a few years, and we, we'd just been to a, a, uh, an engagement ceremony, and I, I remember thinking, uh, you know, I, I knew I was going along, and I knew I had to be on best behaviour, um, and maybe a part of that was the reason why I got about an hour into it and just said to everyone that I was feeling crook and I had to leave, and you know what I had to what I had to do was go home and drink by myself in a room, and that that was um, that was really a, a quite a defining moment for me. I remember it at the time, and from there I never really looked back with my drinking. I I, I just carried on, and that you know the social part of it. Um, unless it could be avoided, uh, I, I just left behind, and I tried to just keep my drinking. You know, it, it, and I, I thought I had at the start. I thought there was boundaries to it. I thought I, you know, I wouldn't start drinking till after I finished work. Um, but then, um, when work, I, I, I because I was working for myself, I could change those hours of work, and so I'd end up finding myself, and you know, I'd finish work at one o'clock. Well, I might as well start drinking, um, and then. In the end, there, there wasn't any rules. I was, you know, I was, I was started at nine o'clock in the morning, and um, you know, I, I, I did. I, I guess I would say, you know, I was, I was trying to work, but probably by about half past nine, I was so drunk and slurring that you know, even conversations that I was having with people that they'd say, "Are you okay?" and um, and then I'd, I'd shut a lot of people out of my life, and yet some people would still. Um, feel the passion to come around and see me and uh they would get you know 11 o'clock in the morning and i'm just i'm rolling drunk and um and having to make some up some bullshit excuse you know as as to how i found myself and and normally it would be you know that i'd worked night shift or i'd had a hard day or i'd had a breakup or i'd had had something um but yeah and so then you go into the so the last 10 years of my life and you know what what, what Dougie was saying before, you know, I just, it, it, I just can't grasp. You know, I didn't, I don't pull any good times out of that. Um, I mean, there must have been isolated parts of fun, but a lot of it was, you know, in a room by yourself, knocking yourself out, and um, you know, it, even though I was, you know, theoretically on on lockdown, I managed to still uh, create havoc. Um, and you know, the power of the internet does that, um, and so I. You know, I got myself in trouble with the police again. Um, they they raided my house, and um, you know, again, I just had no I had no time with that to 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 drinking. I didn't think that was the reason why uh, that that. And um, yeah, they left. I started drinking again, and but I, but it did have some impact on me there. I, I must have I must have got to another juncture in, in my drinking where I thought, you know. I, 
that this is a pretty sad end for you, Shane. And um, I kind of already knew that. Um, that was a bit of a wake-up call, and I, I made I made a call to a treatment facility, and a couple of days later I was there, and uh, I really just felt like the, the world had been lifted off my shoulders for the first time in, in 30 years. Um, you know, I didn't have to be in charge looking after myself and... Um, you know, and I and I could speak for the first time, honestly and op- openly, about what my life had become, and and um, you know who I felt I'd become. In that last six months, I hadn't looked at myself in the mirror. Um, I was so ashamed of what I'd what you know what I'd become, and so um, you know, getting back to to knowing knowing me again, and uh, without drink, without a without a bottle in my hand, it was a it was an amazing journey, and I. Um, it, I, you know, I've said, I've said it before. It was it was probably the most fun that I'd had in that last ten years because I was back in touch with human beings again. I uh, and we, we were all in this life raft together and um, trying to figure out how, how, how we were going to stay in there. And I was blessed. I had a I had an amazing counsellor, and he he guided me through a lot of the the stuff that was going in my head, and he and he gave me some recommendations about what I could do going forward and one of them was to go to uh, you know a lot of AA meetings and because fortunately I, I didn't have work and also fortunately I was still filled with an immense amount of fear that I was going to pick up a drink and the moment I walked out I decided to take his recommendation and so that afternoon I was at my first meeting and um, yeah I went to I went to a lot of meetings I don't think I did 90 and 90 but I did 80, 86 or something in 90 and it, and it just set me up as a good base and I, I it didn't matter which meeting I was going to I, I felt like I was in the right place and you know I'm five and a half years sober now and I still feel like I'm this is my place this, this is my tribe and um, you know I've I, I need this in my life I you know I often think to myself what would it like what would my life be like without AA um, and uh, you know to, to turn it another way around f- from what Doug said was it would be dull I think my life's you know amazing in AA I've um, I've made some really fantastic friends and you know you you need an outlet when me left to myself I, I, I'm going to implode uh, the the you know like I I've said it before you know like if you if you took a five minute track of my, of what's going on in my head and played it back to me and and to some other health professionals they'd probably bring out the straitjacket and take me away so you know there has to be uh, there has to be some out and and um, you know also what Kirsty was saying there you know like when I came into AA I got a sponsor reasonably early on quite reluctantly but but knew that I had to do that otherwise I'd, I'd just go backwards out of it and um, you know if he'd asked me to start selling Tupperware I I, 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 I would have done that um, I was I was just it was desperate you know I just I just didn't want to go back to the life that I had and um, and I still don't it's it's been an it's it's been an amazing journey thus far and it's uh, you know I can't say it it's always easy and it's it's but it's been fun and um you know and, and it's growth it's you know what what happens when you when you start drinking is is I feel your emotional growth stunts and so um yeah maybe I'm up to about a 21 year old now so I'll leave it at that thanks very much okay bye thanks, thank you Shane Thanks.
That brings us towards the end of our meeting. If you've been listening and identified with our speakers and you'd like to do something about your drinking, you can log on to aa.org.nz and in the drop-down box under Meetings Lists, there's a list of all meetings in the Greater Auckland area and right throughout the country. You can also phone 0800 AA Works and this will put you in contact with an AA member in your local area. We'll be back here next Sunday at 10.45 on 104.6 Planet FM with Alcoholics Anonymous AA Meeting on Air. And we'll close our meeting with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference.